Do you like it strong? Um, yeah, strong is good. Hmm. What is that mysterious ticking noise? So what do you think happens after we die? Heaven? Or hell? Really? Yeah. Yeah, but with like angels and devils or brimstone or whatever? I don't know what it looks like or who else is there, but yeah, I do believe there are consequences for the way we live our lives. People are crazy and talks are strange. I'm locked in tight. I'm out of range. I used to care about things have changed. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. Yet another program. A lot of spiritual people are very stiff and uptight, serious and unnecessarily so. The Urban Guru Cafe challenges many of the stagnant beliefs of the spiritual realm. This place ain't doing me any good. Some find it very refreshing, others find it far too challenging. I'm in the wrong town, I sit there in Hollywood. Well, what I've done, Gilbert, is I've listened to the programs that we produced for the Urban Guru Cafe and I've selected some of the snippets that appealed to me at the time I was listening to them. Obviously, there's lots there, but um, I've just selected some parts that I think might really drive the message home. Stephen Wingate. The only way that I could be suffering is if there's an imaginary story playing in my head. So what's real? I want to know what's real. So I want to look into the nature of uh, reality. What's real and who am I? What's real about me? I want to know what's real and what's real about me. Because my suffering is all based on an imaginary me. I see that. I don't need to read it in a book anymore. All my suffering is based in imagination. So what's real? If suffering is imaginary, you know, what's real? My interest in trying to understand these concepts and make them my direct experience and know them directly was to be free of suffering because I believed that I was suffering. It can be helpful to define in your own direct experience what is real to you. What do you define as reality? Because most of us humans have defined reality or we just assumed reality was the imaginary story playing in our head. It's all concepts, granted. Even to say this is real and that's imagination, who's to say that? And also, who's to say that this present moment is the only reality, here and now I am? If you define what's real to you, here and now, not as some theory in a book, in terms of space and time, when and where is reality? It's here and now. It's your own direct experience. So everything else will be imagination. So if I have to go into one minute ago, or 10 minutes ago, or 10 days ago, or 10 years ago, I'm saying in my experience, I'm going to call that imagination. And why not? I'm comfortable with that definition. Or if I have to go one minute into the future, or 10 minutes into the future, or 10 years into the future, I'm going to call that imagination also. Yeah, so it gets to a certain point. You know, because the question does arise, you know, what, why talk about these concepts at all? And it just seems to me that if um, other than the entertainment value, I mean, it's something to do. You know, we can, as we're always doing something to entertain ourselves. So, But other than that, the concepts of non-duality are helpful concepts that can be used to be free of suffering. So that's why it can be helpful to find out who am I, what am I, what's real about me, and what's imaginary. So that's kind of 
what I find myself doing because those concepts were helpful for me to be free of suffering and those people who believe that they're suffering now and sort of resonate with these concepts these sort of philosophical concepts spiritual concepts you know however you want to phrase it those people that are suffering and resonate with these concepts they come and they meet and we talk about it and people find that they're just not suffering anymore is this moment right here right now Bob Adamson and what has been happening is we've been investigating and trying to go beyond the mind and all these thoughts and concepts and as soon as we do that try and settle in this thing we call awareness then we look and try and see what this awareness is and try and fit a concept onto that but if I point to you now that you're already that what have you got to do to attain that? what have you got to look to find it? it's already and instantly there all that needs to be done then is see whatever concepts, ideas or thoughts or images come up as a seemingly obscuring it and see them for what they are and seeing them for what they are which is quite easy then you don't have to turn around and look and try and attain that because that is there in its immediacy already you realize that everything is appearing on that or in that and you can see that get quite a glimpse of that already in the immediacy of the moment by just pausing a thought if I ask you what's wrong with right now if you don't think about it what have you got to do? Try and find out what's wrong right now without thinking about it. You've got to pause the thought for a moment. And you can easily pause the thought. If anybody's chattering away and blah blah and talking, talking out loud and I say stop, then you shut up or stop immediately. Well all that chatter was thought being expressed as words. When you stop, well, that brief instance, there's no thought there, so it's easy enough to pause the thought. So if you ask yourself what's wrong with right now, don't think about it, and pause the thought, see what's there then. In that immediacy, you can't say anything about it. You can't say it's good, bad, doesn't pay for anything without a thought. But without that thought, do you fall apart, do you disappear, is that the end of you? And we believe that this thought is so wonderful and so powerful that we can't live without it. But in that pausation, there is that naked awareness. We call it awareness, want of a better term, that naked knowingness. And I mean naked, it is unadorned by any concept. Not being grasped or attached to it. That's there and it's total presence and the next thing that will happen another thought will appear on thinking of starting at that moment without that thought you were prior to mind and this is the thing that people think it's some hard task to do trying to get beyond the mind but it's as simple as that 
being pride among the mind is being when the thought is not. And realising that without that thought, I still am. I don't have to think that thought. The knowing of that is constantly there because you don't disappear, you don't fall apart. There is that naked awareness. You realise that the thought that starts up, it starts up what was there when thought was stopped. As I say, if you haven't disappeared, it's not a new beginning for you. You're not just starting off afresh in a new beginning. The thought starts up on what is there. And what is there is can't be grasped by a concept. That's your naked awareness, so that's your natural state. So you must realise from that, if you look at that, that's always been there. What's so great about this? It's always been there. And you know that. Innately you recognise it when it's pointed to you. Innately you recognise because you've already known it. Already. That's why we call it recognised. It's already been cognised on many, many occasions. But it hasn't been recognised for what it is or understood for what it is. Now that being pointed out, you might realise that that's what it is, that's what I am. In that recognition or recognising, there's no one or no thing that cognises or recognises. Because we point out here, we'll show you in a minute too, that there is no centre anywhere in this body that I can say this is me. No centre in the body or it is not in this thing we call mind. There is no centre of this mind. If there was a centre of this mind, what would it be? Because mind is nothing but thought. Nobody can show me a thing called mind. Anybody show me their mind? This thing we've given this label mind to and rave on about so much. Is it anything substantial or with any independent nature? Show it to me if it is. Pinpoint it. But you can't. Mind is nothing but thought. Really, no thinking, there is no mind. So, what is the inquiry? Isn't it simply looking, seeing, what is, without conclusions, without creating a library of self-knowledge? Isn't it immediate? Isn't the inquiry the light of knowing which shines upon everything? As the identification and fixated consciousness begins to release itself due to the message hitting the mark, then the view spontaneously opens up. A natural process of elimination happens spontaneously and effortlessly. The apparent brief moments of free and open cognition may appear to increase in duration and frequency. These are all relative experiences for the mind. Awareness is non-dual and unchanging. Direct cognition and direct experiencing is the unchanging factor. It does not belong to a person. 
so the personal load takes on a transparent nature and even though it still appears the energy of belief ceases to flow into it so it remains transparent that is how freedom appears to come about yet it is spontaneously here all throughout the seeker's imaginary journey This presence of awareness is always here. It's fundamental. It's a prerequisite to all experience. Whether I'm laughing or crying, there is awareness here. Whether I believe I'm suffering or I'm at peace, I can stop and notice there is awareness here. If I have pleasure or pain, even if I'm having pain, I can stop and notice, is there awareness here? Yes, there is awareness. And the same with pleasure. So all experience, a prerequisite is of there is this awareness that I am. If someone were to take all of our words away from us, we wouldn't know anything. We wouldn't be able to describe anything. We wouldn't have any knowledge. You are listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. have fallen short. We're left in our openness. We're left in nothingness. We're left in not knowing because we realize there's nothing in perception that we can ever really know. It's about a seeing. It's about falling into the mystery of it. And that isn't something that you can do because it's what's already there. It's what's already happening. It's what's, This is already the case. And what was seen over here is that the reason that Jeff, that the seeker, could never find this was because it was staring him in the face. He was looking for something that he had never lost. It was already there. And in that, in that seeing, you know, um, it was in this seeing that Jeff, that the seeker, had played his whole life out. And it was in this seeing that the seeking had unfolded. And it's like this seeing is it's everything and the the little seeker i mean in their innocence i mean this isn't to condemn the seeker this isn't to blame the seeker it's, this happens in absolute innocence you know, like, forgive them father they know not what they do this seeking it's it's looking for something that we could never have never and that that's the beauty of it you know this cannot be had this can't be possessed it's absolute freedom jeff foster It's absolute freedom. The difficult point to get across is that no time or process is necessary. That just seems to be totally unbelievable. But as the old saying goes, the truth is stranger than fiction. The personalized baggage, the personal history, that is being carried around is weighing them down and their attachment to it is because of the habit and investment in the story of me. It is my story. 
I want to be enlightened. I cannot believe that all my efforts over so many years have not been necessary. No one can get behind that spontaneous registering, that cognizing, that knowing presence. The translating mind content appears in the seeing. It is never the other way around. Sagadara said, be what you are, not what you are not. What am I and what am I not? Well, for a start off, you're not the body, nor are you the mind. You are that life essence, which they call awareness, consciousness, mindfulness, wakefulness, or the same intelligence energy that functions this universe, the one essence. So you say that? But often you've referred to it as no thing and yet here we're talking about names of something and when people think awareness they think of something because awareness is something is it i don't know is it well have a look can you grasp awareness can you give it any shape give it any form any size any place just like space it is no thing not a pattern, no shape, no form, no centre, no circumference. That's what you're referring to, that awareness that exists there and is always there. I mean, it's always there, even with thoughts. But for some reason, when I'm thinking, I think it's not there, but it's always there. Yeah, it's always there, yeah. Another term they use, they use a lot in Buddhism, is wakefulness. Wakefulness, it's just similar to awareness. You wake up in the morning and you're awake right now. Now, everything has taken place since you've woken this morning has taken place what? In that wakefulness, hasn't it? But what is the wakefulness itself? And what have you got to do to get to that wakefulness? Nothing, it's always there. Yeah. There's no use looking at it, which most of us do when we get this idea of awareness, we try and look for awareness, we try and find out what this awareness is. So we've got a concept of what we believe to be. But the thing with using wakefulness as that term, what do you have to do to be awake? You recognise that you're just not asleep. So you don't have to search for it then, do you? Don't have to do anything for it. If you're not asleep, it's obvious that you must be awake. And just leave that as it is. It doesn't be, have to be altered, modified, or corrected in any way, or sought for. It's there in the activities of the day, or night, or whatever go on in that. There's something that is, well not something, but there's a wakefulness or an awareness that these thoughts are constantly appearing and disappearing on. And that awareness or wakefulness, you know, has that changed? Because it's intangible, it's ineffable. It's something that has no substance or any independent notice. Come to it can't be grasped. But it's the ever constant. Mm. It's never ever changed. 
indescribable. But there's a knowing, a cognizing of it, a knowing that can't be negated. Yeah, nobody can say I am not aware. simpler than one when you look at it. But make the smallest distinction, get into the thinking of them, and it goes on forever and ever and ever. Albert's got the Urban Guru Cafe up and some good stuff comes up. But see the stories that go on and on and on and on, dividing the same old thing. Nobody ever says, full stop, that's it, I'm out of here, clean enough. <laughs> Come back with another question, another answer. <laughs> Must be good coffee. <laughs> But the message is there in full view, open and clear, and it's just obvious and evident. The obviousness and the evidence are overlooked. But is anybody unaware right now? If you're not unaware, what must you be? You must be aware. And that awareness is right where you are right now, and it's fullness. Not noticed, because it's nothing. No, it's no big deal, it's nothing, it's just common, ordinary, everyday awareness. Doesn't have to be sought. You say that there is only ever this moment. How can we come to see this? As I say, you're awake right now? When? Right now. Which is presently. Yes. Presence what we call present, which is another verb in adult. Now can you separate that presence, or the nowness, or the immediacy, from that wakefulness? No. So could it take place at any other time? No. You've been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. The Urban Guru Cafe is a free podcast on the subject of non-duality. Small donations can be made via the website urbangurucafe.com. <laughs>